Welcome to the Five Week Linguist Show. If you want to learn a language or you teach a language, join Janina each week for tips, resources, and advice for making engaging language learning happen anytime, anywhere. So today we're talking about Google Apps post-COVID in the world language classroom. And my name's Janina Klimas. And I'm so honored to be able to talk to you today. I love language teachers and I feel really privileged to be a part of this community. So thanks for coming today. Um, so just a little bit about me. Uh, I've been teaching languages forever, uh, more than 20 years. I speak six languages, but I wanna be really clear. I'm not fluent in all of them. I speak at different levels of fluency. Um, I lived in Asia, Europe, and my native America, the United States. I have a BA in theater arts and in foreign languages, and I have an MA in the teaching of languages. And I've been, I've been teaching languages for a long time, as I said, and I wanted to share with you some of my takeaways from Google Apps. So life has been so difficult for so many people. And, you know, I, I, I can't, imagine you know living through this time I, I i i don't it's something i would have never imagined living through in my life and um i feel really really lucky that um i've i've you know i i've done i've done really well and so the things that i'm going to talk about today really are um you know some of the things that have evolved out of you know out of necessity you know google apps have been around for a long time they keep getting better and better um but all of us being at home you know really accelerated the the capabilities and and the uses of these things of these apps so i really wanted to talk about some of the takeaways as difficult as life has been we do get to walk out of this, come out of this with some great takeaways and that we get to keep forever. And I wanted to share with you my takeaways from Google, Google Apps. So obviously, you know, here's the objectives I'm gonna discuss how to use Google Docs, Slides, Forms, YouTube, and me in your language classroom, um, and how to plan and organize a guest speaker session in your target language for your students and some low and no prep engaging activities that can be used in any world language class. So Google Talks, um, this is something I'm falling in love a little bit more all the time with Google Docs. And I'm gonna share a lot of activities from Google Docs. Many of these can be adapted to independent language learning or you know, sort of if you've got students that you work with sort of one-on-one, -on -one, you've got different, you know, different students in different places, you do some tutoring, this will work too. So we're going to talk about task journals and vocabulary notebooks, fluency journals, collaborative projects, and lesson plan templates. So the first one are task journals or note vocabulary notebooks. So one concept I'd like to just take a minute to talk about is uh, tasks. So in a language, you know, I love languages. So I was always I always wanted to know how does it work? What does it do? Um, what do these things mean? I wanted to do the grammar exercises. And 
they were helpful and interesting to me. But at the end of the day, being able to build your skills for anybody is about being able to do tasks. So I have a ta- I have this list of tasks. It's very simple. It's the Spanish tasks. And, um, you know, these are just expressions of courtesy that could be used in any task. So for example, you might use this when you're lost or at a restaurant or you're at a hotel, you need to go somewhere, et cetera. And a task can be as simple as, you know, greeting somebody, right? Do you know how to greet somebody in your target language or, or do your students know how to do that? Right. Um, and it can be a lot more complicated. I always like to think of, of the Church of Latter-day Saints about their mission training program. And, you know, they train people to go all around the world to recruit, to, to share, the, have people join their religion, to share the word of the Book of Mormon. And regardless of, you know, whatever your feelings might that, you know, or opinions might be about that or any other specific religion, that's not really kind of the the, the point of what I'm talking about, the point is a task, you know, they, they have this big task is to bring more people into their church, to connect with people, to persuade them. And all of their language study revolves around that specific task. So when, um, so everything is learned to, to, to go towards communication. So I love to keep journals to be able to do this kind of thing. And you can have students do this too. So for example, whatever it is they're doing, you know, a simple Google doc can serve as a great, a great tool for them to build their vocabulary. And, um, and it's always there. You can get the phone app, you can access it from anywhere. So what do I need to, you know, fill in the blank X, whatever it may be. Um, so what you can do on with with Google Docs is really great. There's a couple of options that you can do with these um, these task journals. So I want to talk just a second about Google Translate. Um, Google Translate is is not ideal, of course. You have to use it with a lot of caution. But the reality is that they're they're always reviewing tr- documents that are translated by humans. They're always improving, and you can give them suggestions for improvement. So while it's not one hundred percent perfect, it's always improving, and it can be a great quick way to get some words and phrases down. And in Google Docs, if you do, if you build them in Google Docs, you know, they, they have the built-in uh, dictionaries if you don't know a word. It's fantastic. So it serves as a great way to kind of center vocabulary that you might need or your students might need for a task. And this is a beginning task. This is just, this is being courteous, right? And that fits into a lot of different tasks. I would take them and have them do a, in a, in a teaching situation, I would have them do a, a dialogue, right? Where they have to, they have to make up a situation and they have to write down what everyone would say. And then they, they kind of perform it, memorize it, whatever. It's great practice. So Google Docs, great for collecting vocabulary, collecting and using vocabulary for real communication. So here's, here's another couple of examples. Um, So one way that you could do this, of course, you can keep it all in your in your Google Doc. And one thing that's really great is that um, in Google Docs, you can they have great you can do spell checks. So it does things like um, helps you 
find your, put your diacritical marks in the right places. It, it's really handy. You can also take this. And one thing I do is I, I really like to write things out by hand. I, I really believe in the hand to brain, help remember things. So as you're using your, your Google Doc and your Google Translate to find what you need to do to do a certain task, you can kind of write that out. So you see here, it's um, this task is returning a stain shirt to a resistant store manager. And you see, I have a lot of language here. You know, what, what are the things that I could probably, that I might be able to say? How could I do this with a lot of politeness? And again, I can, I can practice these over and over again. And in a classroom situation, I would have them do something with it, right? Do a little simulation, a little skit, a little dramatization. So fantastic resource. Um, writing for fluency, I'll just let this play actually. So basically when you're in that novice level, you can do something called fluency writing. You can do this at any level, but I think that it, it it works really well at the novice level. And you can do this as, you know, obviously as a learner, you can assign this to your students. So basically as you, you know, you, you worked on your, your vocab that you're gonna do for your, you know, as you're building your vocab and a way to test yourself on it is just to write it down um, in the context of, something. So we'll, we'll take the situation of talk about your family, for example. And so you might time if for that novice or a level, you might say seven minutes or eight minutes intermediate, a little bit longer. If you're not worried about time, if it's just you, that's fine. Write down everything that you, you can say, and you go back to your Google doc and fill in the blank after you're done. I tend to like students to do this by hand. Um, and then we look up the words or actually, you know, I tell them the words in my classroom, but if, if, if I'm not there, they could look them up themselves. And on a Google doc, what's really great is they have those built in dictionaries. So while I might not have a student do that, I would certainly do that myself as a learner, right? Cause I'm there to learn. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take any shortcuts. So it's a great way to build your fluency, right? Give yourself a topic, set a timer, write, and then fill in the gaps. And if you're really just beginning, this is a good place to look up a lot of words. You can just do it right in a Google Doc. So super handy. Make your folders for your different tasks, family, home, um, whatever it may be, whatever you need to do or want to learn how to do in a language. So the next activity is from drama, and this is a screenplay. So I, I think I talked at the beginning about my background in drama. And one of the things that I did and I've done is writing screenplays. And one of my big takeaways from that is that it's a great language learning activity. So in a screenplay has a certain format and at its most basic level, one page equals one minute on screen and it's formatted in a specific way and it's courier 12 point font but you don't even need to worry about that because google docs will have add-ons to format it for you correctly and if it's not a real movie you don't need to worry but what's great is you can have them have your students or you can actually do this yourself um students tend to like to do this in pairs 
to write a screenplay and it can be three or four minutes and it can be longer if you want to to make it longer so for those novice and those a-level learners i would do you know something very basic so going to the market or checking in at the airport or something along those lines and then you could have a reader's theater then you could actually produce it right with by filming it so you can also use this activity to help students really dig deep into something that they've read. So reading is one of the best ways to learn a language. Of course, you get all that grammar and vocabulary in context. And but you need to you need to you can't treat it the way that you would in, in reading your own language, right? So at first we learn to read and then we read to learn. And it when we're reading in a foreign language, of course, we're not we're not doing what we would have done in our in our native language, right? Where we wouldn't be reading something that was so difficult that we wouldn't be able to get through it without, you know, without some aid or some help or breaking it down or reading it a few times. And this is one way to do it is to take a short story and then they have to dig really deep and they have to make it into a screenplay. So they've 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 read it multiple times. They've really dug into the vocabulary. It's really deep comprehension and it's really, really, really fun as well. So guest speakers. I absolutely love to have guest speakers in my class. Um, I think it's one of the most valuable things that I can offer as a teacher. I think when we teach languages, I think it's really, really important to expose our students to as many different speakers as possible. So they, they get comfortable with accents, they get comfortable with different uh, dialects. And I think that also it's, um, it's a great activity to be able to do as a learner as well. So, you know, you can adapt this to, to your own learning as well. So basically, um, I love to help my students increase their confidence in the target language, authentic communication, um, exposure to different accents, opportunity for true immersion using knowledge and language of a native speaker and showing students ways to build skills without necessarily going abroad. And of course you can do this yourself. And I will apologize in advance if many of you are on sites like Preply or italki because you'll know you'll know what I'm talking about. You you get right in there and 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 you speak to a native speaker, but it connects with the Google apps that we talked about uh, with some of the ways it can really facilitate this. So I'm going to talk specifically about how to do this with students, but you can adapt this to yourself to help you elevate your level and really prepare you for a conversation before you think you're ready. A conversation about anything you want, right? Because you can take all those things that we did earlier and scaffold and build what you need to talk about and then, you know, soak up all the language from the native speaker. So you can do this at... ¿Y ustedes oh. tienen mascotas? Sí. Okay. So that's a just a novice level clip. I won't play that for you. Um, this speaker is from Argentina and it's it's possible for for students to have a conversation with a native speaker not long into the class i know a lot of independent learners we're really comfortable with that we're okay with that but i'm, I'm just going to show you how how they got from you know being a a few months into the novice level to being able to have a conversation with this native speaker using Google Apps. 
So basically, whatever your theme is, you as a learner are going to pick whatever theme that you want to be able to talk about and build your skills in your students, whatever it is, right? It's obviously going to be relevant to whatever you're studying. And then I say here, get a Gmail address. Surely, you know, I think so many of us know how to get one of those, but I think that what surprised me when I got a Gmail address is that I got all these G Suite apps and they just keep getting better and better and better. And so um, set up a drive folder to store it afterwards, which you're going to want to save your recordings for a, a lot of reasons. Um, basic equipment, of course. Um, find a guest speaker. I love italki. Love, love, love italki, though I'm sure there's other great things out there. This is the... This is actually just a little clip from italki and this shows you um you know you know how easy this is this isn't going to look like this for your students of course but i i like italki because it's got all the filters again i'm sure that there are other platform other other apps that do the same thing i just i've liked them you know i filter i want a speaker from here i want it at this time um and and i kind of stumbled upon it i have a family and friends like many of us do who speak different languages and we love to have them in our class but their times don't always line up with our times whereas you can just hire somebody to come to your class and do this and so finding your guest speaker um and so here's where we're back to the google docs you're going to make a collaborative google doc and everybody's going to write their questions so let's see okay here's some easy this is Spanish, of course. You have them make the questions. And one of the reasons that you want to do it on a collaborative Google Doc is that you tell them no repeat. So the same questions aren't being asked over and over again. And you get to edit them and they're all on one sheet. And you know, usually I edit them and I show them beforehand how um, how to do spell checks in Google Docs, et cetera, that they can make it look really nice. And then they have something to, to guide them in, in speaking. And of course, ensure you can record. Um, I don't wanna to get too much into this because I think they're evolving all the time. And again, I'm talking about Google apps. I think a lot of these, all of these apps are doing similar things. So whatever apps you use, um, it's gonna look slightly different. I mean, we're on Zoom today. Um, but in Google Meet, I think it's three dots right now, and that's changed. It's changed over the years. And so do the interviews with the students. They're going to note the answers. And if you are a learner, again, I find this is a really great way to elevate language because while, while you're getting an opportunity to speak to native speakers and, you know, you're, you're practicing the big power is in the input that you're getting back from them. And that's the same for the students, right? Having all that comprehension that that all that language you get to soak up and keep as yours. And the recording allows you to go back and review. So if students were absent, then they can listen. And if they're absolutely terrified or you're terrified or the tech doesn't work, you can always use the chat function. Um, we've done that before. Just type something in the chat box and they, you know, they answer. So you again, you get to soak up all of that that language. Um, 
you, you may know Betty Lewis from Fluent in Three Months. This is one of his speak from day one little tricks is that, you know, get on italki or wherever it is that you're going and you can actually just use the chat function, right? And you're listening to all the things that they're saying. And then you'll you'll keep that recording and the recording is gold. So as a learner, you get to keep the recordings and that's gonna help you measure your progress. And then um, for students, if students was absent, you guys can review it as a class. So when the students note the answer, one thing I should say is a lot of times, you know, one person will miss one and one person will miss another thing and they all kind of collaborate and get together and talk after and then they hand in, you know, and I just kind of check their answers or whatever. And for you as a learner, you got all your questions there. You're not going to be at a loss for words. It'll, it'll really help you um, really help go to that next level. I think that's what, what I want to say. Um, I love all the templates in Google Docs. So this one is just a, just a lesson planning template and keep kind of a running record um, and then go back. So you're not always reinventing the wheel. You can uh, attach things from your drive. If you teach privately, this is great. You can attach little, um, you know, if you want them to see a video before they, they meet with you or homework, you can share this with students, it's gold. And there's so many other things there. It's just amazing. Um, Google Slides. So again, look at all the templates here. Google Slides is fantastic. I wanted to say fab. I'm going to also say fab, fab and fantastic. And they have all these great things. They've got, um, you know, recipes. And I don't think you can see it here, but they've got flashcards, et cetera. Really great stuff. So the most obvious use of a Google Slide is for presentations. So this is very simple, just a little presentation um, that I did on Google Slides. You can download it. I'm a Mac user, so if I download this, I can you know, do it as Keynote, PowerPoint, whatever. And the presentation is just to present vocabulary. But what's really great is that if you can download these and you do six, I say six, print as PDF six, you've got pairs then, and you've got all these pair games. So you can do go fish, you can do concentration, you can do all kinds of card games, which is great. And you can use this for a few more things and we'll go back and talk about it in a, in a minute. So there we go, we got card games, instant card games, uh, bingo. So I made some Google slide bingo games and really what you see the little markers there, they move, they can be movable, right? So you put anything on the background and then you just make things that are movable. Um, and so you can share these, make it editable for everybody that's in your class and they can play. But what I really wanna say, and I think the most realistic use of this here is to take a piece of paper and just make a grid and whatever words you're doing, they make their own grid. And so back to that presentation, you know, you can put that presentation, put it up in a grid view, and then students can use those as sort of a word bank for bingo. And you can do this with grammar, you can do this with whatever you want. Um, and then, and then you have an instant game. And I also want, I want to give credit to someone uh, called Martina Bex, and she's on Instagram. She's fantastic. She has comprehensible classroom. Got that simple idea from her, just a piece of paper, and you got instant bingo that you would do with your Google Slides. And this works really great if you're, if you're teaching remotely. Um, 
I really love to do calendar activities all the way through the intermediate level, really, until we get up to the upper intermediate. Basically, it's just a, a couple minute routine. We talk about, you know, what's the day, what, what day was yesterday, what's the season, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it just it just helps build those basic concepts. If you're teaching beginners, they'll get it down. You can skip over that in your textbook. If you're teaching people that are more advanced, then um, it's a great review. And so daily routine type things on a Google slide, chat, anything that you wanna chat with your, your students about, um, you can do that too. Uh, Pear Deck. So this is just an add-on and it's, it's a great way to present. You just basically take a slide set and you add questions, but um, a lot of people are sharing, which is great because that, that's a that's a gold mine for a busy teacher and a busy learner. Um, another use for Google Slides here is basic dialogues and communicative tasks. So really, I would take whatever we're working on and I would put in um, slides of situations and I would then have students write those things and, and perform them, those dialogues. So this is obviously, you know, at an airport, that would be the, the, the situation. And, you know, maybe we would have other students doing other things. This is also works as a great stimulus for something that you want to learn, right? So what would I need to be able to know to be able to pull off this task in, this is Japanese, of course, what would I be able to, to do? What would I have to be able to do? Um, recorded presentations. So back to what we talked about earlier, those slides serving as, as input, you can take anything and record it. And just a few quick ways to do that. Um, take a slide and there's an add-on called Fishbowl, Fish, B-O-L-E. And you put whatever it is on the slide and you can record it. So one activity that I really like to do, I got from Benny Lewis, I'll mention him again. It's called a tour of my house. And it doesn't have to be their house. It can be anything you can take a sl slides and put pictures on them and then talk about them. Another thing that you can do with these recorded presentations is as you're learning to speak or your students are learning to speak, have them bullet point some things out to talk about and then talk in the slide, right? Record the slide. So when I, when I say bullet points, it really depends on your level and what you want to practice. I really like to record myself once a week. Or so, and I, I have my students do it too, but I, I, I give them a lot of structure in doing this because they need that at first anyway. And I'll say, okay, here's the things that you want to, you know, you want to talk about. So as, as a learner, I might say, okay, here are the 10 things I want to practice. And I would just record myself. And what's great is once you've recorded it, then the, these serve as documentation of your progress, right? And you can you can make really quick progress fast and it's really rewarding. So we talked about a tour of my house. Um, oftentimes I have my students just do something on their phone if they want to, they can show me their house and talk about it. But if you don't, you don't want anyone to see your house, then there you go. Um, you can do your dream house. You can do five slides of your dream house and talk about it. And it doesn't have to just be house. It could be your wardrobe. It could be 
your dream trip. It can be it can be anything that's connected to what you want to talk about. It's a fantastic skill builder. Um, I love making collaborative videos with Google Slides. You can invite as many people to be collaborative and everybody has to make a slide. So some of the ones that I've done that that kids have really enjoyed have been um, talking about emotions. Um, and everybody does, you know, like a silly face or they find a meme or they do something and they make a slide and they write on it and then I get to edit it and then I record it and then you download it as say PowerPoint or Keynote, you record it and export it as a movie and then everybody gets to watch the movie. It's really quite fun. And there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can do, you know, something more advanced. So you could have a video where, you know, everybody, everybody has added something on a slide, some picture of themselves when they were younger or at another in another place in the world or some character that they've made up really i mean the, the possibilities are endless and they're really fun everyone likes to see the the finished project uh, product um google forms i love google forms um but a word of caution with all of these activities that they can be the user the users can change the language so so there's a there's a, just bear that in mind so if I if I'm doing this in my classroom, I would I would really, you know, I'd be walking around a lot, making sure people switched it back to Spanish um, in my Spanish class, back to, you know, whatever, whatever your target language is. Um, but if you look at this one activity, I have a fake text reading and I really just made I made a little JPEG on a thing. I think it's called fake text generator, I think. And I just put a little conversation between two people and I was able to put some authentic text. Um, abbreviations in there. And then I made a reading activity on the Google form that they had to answer. And well, there it is. You see, you know, it's got some past tense in there. It's really fun. And then the students had to make their own. I gave them a handout with some of the abbreviations. They had to make their own. Um, but basically, it's comprehensible input reading. Um, <clears throat> this I have this little video. What did you do last weekend? And they all you know, there, there's a series of questions that that come after it. And then we talked about changing languages. Um, you know, I like to take a lot of screenshots for that reason. So either a video or a screenshot of something from the target language, and then they have to answer questions, right? So it's, it's comprehensible input. One of my favorite uses, though, are these surveys. And so making up these surveys that have some sort of subjective parts to them and what's really great so you see this how many people are in your family what's your mom's name what's your dad's name and then um when you hit after everyone's done and you hit responses it makes all these fantastic charts and graphs and and all of this and they they're they're great speaking prompts so i think it's it's really really provides a lot of really rich communicative language experience approach type activities. So YouTube, I can't, I can't talk about Google Apps without mentioning YouTube. Um, I think YouTube is the third biggest search engine in the world. I'm not sure, but I, we are living in the most phenomenal time in the world to be language teachers, language lovers, language language learners, 
never before we've been able to connect with authentic language and culture the way that we are now. It's just absolutely amazing. And so here, of course, you know, you can find videos that are appropriate for any level of learner. Here, um, dance lessons, right? Here's a culture of Sevillanas. I love this video. Dancing, merengue, salsa, right? Great dance tutorials. They're all free and they make for great brain breaks. Um, exercise videos in your target language. There's, there's a five minute thing um, to get your students up and moving. If you're a learner, all that repetition, watching these videos over and over again, what a great way to get input and to learn. Songs, just putting songs on in the background. What a great way to get to know target language culture and what's popular right now, different kinds of music. Great conversation points too. Commercials, I absolutely love commercials in uh, target language. And I like to do, you know, show, some and we talk about it where do you think this is from what what are they selling what's the purpose it's really great you know of course when we when we study um, a language we can't ignore the culture we have to talk about the products the practices and the perspectives of the people that speak that language and these are short great comprehensible input ways to get that um, for learners at any level um one of my very favorite things to do in life is to study abroad. And, you know, I've done this in many different forms in my life. And one of my very favorite things is to go to private language schools. They're great because they tend to be sort of, you know, two hours or four hours in the morning. And so you get your language study, you get your grammar, you get your conversation. And then in the afternoon, they usually have cultural activities that the school will sponsor, or you can go out and do your own thing. And you can walk all over a city. That's been one of my, that's one of my very favorite things to do is walk and see sort of every inch of, of a place that I can. And, you know, walk around Madrid, walk around Paris. I wanted to walk around Rome last year, but, but I couldn't. Um, these are great just having in the background they people are doing one of the things i discovered during the pandemic is people are doing city walks all over the world so you're just seeing all these different corners all these different places put it on in the background it, it's a great way to bring some target language culture into your classroom or get a get a look at places that you'd like to visit or maybe maybe you haven't visited in a while um I want to talk a little bit about a couple of Chrome extensions. So one of them is called Read Lang. And this is fantastic because it comes in, I'm really not sure how many languages and they have different levels. Um, I think one is free and, and several are paid. Um, but basically what it does is it makes your reading comprehensible. You can kind of move your move your uh, cursor over a word and you learn a word and, and it makes flashcards and it does all these great things. But I think the real power is providing you with suggestions to read in your target language. And it's just a great Chrome browser extension. The other one is called Language Learning with Netflix. And basically you're turning your 
Netflix account into a language learning lab. So the Chrome apps, um, I, Google Chrome. So learning vocabulary through authentic culture, I really love to uh, present or curate for students um, different stores, different places that, you know, real people in their target language would go shopping. And you could have them do different activities. So at the A level, I might introduce clothing doing this. I would ask a lot of questions. I would have them, you know, I'd display this. At another level, I might give them a list and say, okay, go shopping for these occasions that I need to do. And they would actually go to these target language stores. And at another level, I would have them, you know, practice writing a letter of complaint or making a list of things that they want to get, comparing and contrasting, presenting to the class. Here's what I found. Here's, here's what's interesting. I, what is this? It's a lot of great discussion that comes out of this. Um, Google Meet. So I, I thought this was interesting that on Google Meet now, you can do all these custom backgrounds. And you see, I'm just sharing mine, which isn't particularly exciting, but I, I think it's great that you could put any place that you wanted to visit in the world it could be your background. So another great way to do some target language culture. Um, Quizlet Live. If you are a learner or teacher of languages, you might love Quizlet. I do too, but I'm very honest. I don't use most of its features. So if you go to Quizlet and you're unfamiliar with it, it's really just sets and they're study sets. But and the language teachers are all over them. So we've been there for a while. You can make your own or you can use ones that are there. The live feature turns this into a game. So there's an app, you've got the QR code, they can just do numbers and they it randomly teams kids up. You can do it as individuals and there's so much learning that happens and it's very exciting and it's completely low prep, really easy that you can do in your Chrome. Well, you really could do it in any browser extension, of course, but as we're talking about Google and I, I wanted to share this with you, if you were unaware of it, then I think it's a really great activity. Okay, so questions. I'm gonna stop sharing and any, any questions? Let me see if I, read Lang, yes. Um, G Young, yes. Um, the, the Chrome extensions, yes. So one of them is called Readlang. And the other one is called Language Learning with Netflix. Um, let's see, another question. The difference between Microsoft PowerPoint and Google Slides, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, Microsoft PowerPoint is, I think that's a paid app. Google Slides is free and they have all these add-ons, add it's doing more and more. And what I think is the best feature about that is that you can do lots of collaborative things, which you can probably do with PowerPoint, but I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm gonna actually, I forgot to share something with you. I'm gonna share with you again. Um, hopefully I can find it. Um, okay. So just some places to where I am, if you want to sort of look at some of my ideas, hopefully you'll find them useful and helpful for your language teaching practice. Um, 
I'm on Instagram. I'm Janina at Real Life Language, and I'm on Pinterest. Okay, so I don't know if you want to take a picture of that. Um, and I'll just leave this up here. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to actually just close it right now. Are there any other questions? Um, sharing the presentation, I, you know, I, I, I did this on Canva, and I'm not really sure how I can do that. But I will ask you, Dora, if you'd like to. Um, if any of you want to DM me, I'm not quite sure how to how to share that out of Canva, but I can share that with you out of Google Slides. So, um, and 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 if you'd like to do that, then I I'd be happy to do that. But it's just not in Google Slides right now. And that yeah, and the and the language show. I don't know if they're gonna send a link to the actual. PowerPoint, but you will get a copy of the recording. That is my understanding. But I, but the slides are are a different thing. I can send you a PDF of the slides, actually. But I, you'll just need to DM me, please, and so I, I can do that. Okay. All right. So I would like to thank all of you so much for coming. Um, again, I'm so honored to be a part of this community, and um, thank you so much for coming. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Five Week Linguist Show with Janina Klimas. Join us each week here and visit us at reallifelanguage.com slash reallifelanguageblog for more resources for learning and teaching languages.